Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about problem pools, and you probably have some of these on your route. I'm going to go over some ways that you can kind of wean these off your route, and also some ways to deal with it while you're doing pools that may have issues that aren't being addressed by the customer, and kind of how to spot a problem pool before you pick it up on your route. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. And I've mentioned these two examples before on previous podcasts, but I think they serve really well to illustrate what a problem pool is. So I had one guy in my group pick up a pool and, you know, the customer told him, I don't know what happened. The pool guy just disappeared. And right there is a red flag. The pool guy disappeared. So the guy just stopped showing up. And he realized that, you know, it was a fairly large pool, 25,000 or 28,000 gallons. And the equipment wasn't running well. And right off the bat, he was struggling with it. And now he realized why the other pool guy disappeared. And, of course, the customer was like, hey, you know, you're not going to quit on me either, are you? And so the customer was giving him kind of a veiled threat that if he quits, you know, you may leave him a bad review online. And so you you kind of you kind of get stuck there because then at that point, if you leave, the customer is going to leave you a bad review and ruin your online reputation, which is really important out there nowadays. So the problem, I think, that should have been seen right away is that the pool guy stopped coming. And a lot of times that happens because either the customer doesn't pay or the pool is just out of hand. He doesn't want to deal with it. So he just kind of, it's probably not the best way to do it, but just to ghost the customer and not show up anymore, which is bad for the industry, but understandable in certain situations like this here. The other example is I was walking into an account and next door there was a pool and I always see the pool guy there. Sometimes I would get there at the same time or roughly I would always be gone before him. And one day he came walking out with his garden hose and leaf master. And he said, hey, I'll give you this pool. You want it? I mean, just basically take the pool off his hands. And, you know, you probably don't want to give away a pool carrying a leaf master with a hose on your shoulder because, number one, that's a dead giveaway that this this pool is rough. Um, So definitely some examples of initially spotting a pool that may be a problem pool later on. But here are a few more examples of things to look for during the bidding process. So before you even start servicing the pool, you get back there. Um, one thing that you notice is that there there is really old equipment. So maybe the motor and pump are 10, 12 years old rusting, or the pool filter is so old there's no labels on it anymore, and everything looks worn out and worn down. So that's something that, number one, right away, you're thinking in your head, you know, the equipment's really bad back here. So that's something that you have to address with the customer. And maybe mention to him, you know, this is pretty old equipment. Um, you know, if I take over the account, 
Are you willing to have me replace them? Because I don't think that pump's going to last much longer. You know, if the customer says, well, I just like to get them rebuilt and I don't really, you know, I, I, don't, I can't afford new equipment right now, then you kind of know that this pool is going to be developing problems later for you for sure. I remember I had one customer that was really proud of the fact that he bought the house, he had the home warranty company, and then he would keep renewing the policy so that whenever he had a problem with his motor, they would just replace it or, you know, rebuild it for him. And I thought, this customer is probably not someone I want long term because I'm never going to get any kind of approval for new equipment for sure if he has the warranty and he just has them patch things up for him. So those are kind of red flags right away. Another thing I mentioned at the beginning, how the other pool guy disappeared. Now, people don't stop service usually for no reason. So maybe non-payment is the number one reason why the pool guy, quote unquote, disappears. The other reason would be that the customer is unreasonable. And of course, the pool is hard to manage. And so, you know, when they tell you like the other pool guy stopped coming, that should be a red flag that there may be something wrong here. Maybe he's a flake, but... A lot of times there's a reason why someone stops service on the pool and it could be because this pool is not something that you want to take on. So kind of have your, you know, your sixth sense or your radar open for that kind of stuff and kind of see where it's leading with the customer. I had one guy tell me, and this is a true story, I didn't make this up, or I'm not making this up, I should say. He said that the other pool company started him or put him in collections for not paying his payment and he said, is it legal for a pool company to, to collect on me like this? And, I mean, that's kind of, you don't want to say that to a new pool guy that's there, that he has money in collections from the pool service. But, yeah, I don't think that's someone you want to take service on when they have the other company has them in collections for the balance that he's owed. So I don't think I had to be Sherlock Holmes to figure out that this was going to be a problem pool to begin with. It may not be as obvious as that. But, you know, you want to make sure that you're looking for those kind of signs, especially if the equipment's old or if the customer seems like he's a little bit on the cheap side. You want to make sure this is something that you can deal with. Another sign of a problem pool is a lot of foliage around the pool or trees that haven't been trimmed in a long time. And one of the things that I think is an indicator that the customer doesn't want to spend money is if they don't trim their trees regularly. Now, I have a lot of trees around my pool and I get them trimmed every six months or every year. Whenever they need them, I get them trimmed because I know that in the long run, when you trim the trees back, the pool stays much cleaner. So if you notice that everything is overgrown and nothing is trimmed back in the backyard, this may be an indicator that this pool may be a bad account in the future. So also take into account all the trees and bushes around there and if it's maintained properly. Something to also keep in mind when you go back and do the bidding is what kind of dog the customer has. Now, this may not be something that is particular. I mean, you don't want to go back there if there's a vicious dog, of course, so that's off the list. But if they have a Labrador or if they have a Golden Retriever, chances are those dogs will be in the pool in the summertime. Or any kind of hunting type dog, species or breed of dog, will be getting into the pool there's even I even had an account where they had two huskies that would swim all the time, which is rare because I had a husky and never went into the pool, didn't like water. But these particular huskies loved to go into the pool, which I thought was unusual. I didn't think they were going to. And so the dog breed is important because if a dog is swimming in the pool, that causes all kinds of problems for you in the summertime. And you definitely want to avoid um, any situation like that, going into it not knowing that you're going to have to use extra chemicals and enzymes and things like that. So 
keep an eye out there and observe what kind of dog they have because chances are it's going to be going into the pool. Now, I had one account where they had a dog that never went into the pool, but when they went away and their son would come over, he would bring his Labradors and they would swim in the pool. A little bit of a problem, but something that I can't anticipate ahead of time. But just be aware that if you have a certain breed of dog back there, it probably will get into the pool in the summertime and it could be a problem for you. And so let's say you picked up one of these pools or maybe unbeknownst to you, it was a problem pool that kind of developed without you kind of realizing it. Maybe you overlook certain things and now you have this pool and you're servicing the pool. Now how do you get rid of it graciously? Basically, you want to make sure that you can afford to get rid of it first of all. So you may have to deal with the problem for a while, especially if you're starting out and you just need numbers, you just need accounts. You want to have as many pools as you want and you can kind of deal with the problem pool because it's bringing you some income, even though it's a headache. So at one point or at some point, you will be at a, a place where you will be at the tipping point of your pool route, which means that you're making a profit. And so every new pool you bring on, you have the ability to drop one of the lower hanging fruits, so to speak. And so let's say you're in Southern California. I think here the tipping point is about 85 accounts. And so you're at 85 accounts now, and you have about 10 accounts that are just really bad. So every time from this point on, when you get number 86, you're going to drop one of these kind of stinker pools, basically. And now you're back to 85. You gained a new one, but you dropped one that's really bad. When you get another new account, you're going to drop another one of these. And now you're down to 85 again, but you have two less bad pools on your route. You have eight left to get rid of. And so you kind of do this until you get to your 85 level. And again, every area is different as far as the tipping point with the profit and then you drop another pool, and then eventually you're going to have 85 pools, and none of these stinker pools are on your route anymore, and your day's going to be a lot better and easier. And of course, another pool guy's going to have those, but he'll be starting out, and he won't mind as much as you mind now that you have really good pools on your route. And so I don't know if there's a term for this, but I just call it one for one or, or dropping one, and, and I don't know. There's probably some kind of term we should develop for this, but basically you want to replace one bad pool with one good pool going forward and that's kind of how you get them off your route now what do you tell the customers when you're dropping these pools well hopefully you don't have a pool across the street but probably the best thing that i like to say is you know mrs jones i'm sorry but i'm consolidating my pool route and your pool falls out of my service area and so after next month i will no longer be able to service your pool because i'm no longer going to be coming this far out and that usually is enough to get the customer to say, okay, that's not a problem. I understand my pool's too far out from the other pools on your route. And then you're done with that customer. Now, you can also raise the price. You can also say, you know, because of the fact of the economic impact of the inflation and whatnot, I'm going to have to raise your rate by, you know, 15 or $20 a month. And I know that's probably above your budget. And so if you want to look for another pool company, I totally understand that. Um, I understand that my rates are going to be too high for you. Um, hopefully there's no hard feelings, but I just can't afford to service your pool for the amount I'm charging you now. And um, you're willing to shop around and I definitely would be okay with you getting another pool company to take over your pool. Um, and sorry to lose you as a customer. I really like you, but this is kind of how it is, and it's just the economy and things. But if they, of course, pay the extra money, then it might be worth keeping that pool. Um, so kind of use these two techniques, and you can develop your own as you kind of know the customer. 
and know kind of how to wean them off your route without ruffling the feathers too much. I don't think disappearing or ghosting the customer is the best method of dropping these pools because then you're going to get a bad reputation and it's just not good business practice. You want to give them some kind of legitimate explanation of why you can't service their pool anymore. I mean, you can even be completely honest with them and say, look, your pool has some problems that you're not willing to address and therefore I have to raise the rates this amount to maintain the pool because I spent extra time there. And if they're okay with that, then keep the account. But definitely you want to get them off um, in a way that's very diplomatic. And, you know, moving service areas is probably the easiest thing. Even if you're shaving off one mile on your pool route or half a mile, it still saves you time because you're not going that far out. And it's legitimate because you're not going to go to their quote-unquote area anymore, which you're not. And of course, you want to just avoid being too honest and too blunt, you know, telling the customer that like your your pool sucks, you know, I don't want to do your pool anymore. Basically, you want to keep it to where um, it's reasonable and you want to keep everyone happy in a situation when you're dropping an account because you're going to be happy because you're no longer going to be going out to that account and you picked up another good account that you're replacing it with so you don't lose any money and you're probably going to be making more money with a new customer because you charge them more. The pool's easier, and you're going to have more time to do more pools. So definitely a win-win for you. You're dropping this bad account and getting a new good one. But you really can't do this until you're at that tipping point. I wouldn't advise dropping bad accounts if you don't have the resources to cover that because you still need the income, and you have to suffer through that as a new pool person to have that pool that's not the greatest. Maybe it has a lot more leaf debris than most pools. Or again, the equipment's really old. Whatever it may be, you're going to need that income anyway, so you want to take as many pools as you can. Within reason, again, the first example where the pool guy disappeared for a good reason, you definitely don't want to take that account on. But if there are certain things that you can kind of live with at that point, you want to take that account. Old equipment, maybe a customer that's kind of on the cheap side. You could probably live with that if they're paying you every month, as long as they pay you on time every month. I would say you could float that account until you get to the point where you can get good accounts and drop that one. And I wouldn't do this method with 30 accounts or 35 accounts unless you're just a part-timer. I would do it when you're really making a profit and you can afford to drop these accounts without it affecting your bottom line. And I think that's important because if you're doing this as a regular basis before you get to that profitable point, you may actually be losing money because you're not getting that income from those accounts that you can be getting, even if they're problem accounts and take you a little bit longer. You're still getting paid for that. You don't get the luxury of dropping them until you've kind of made it and kind of have a good profitable business. And then you can kind of wean those off your route um, on a regular basis whenever you get a new account. And if you're looking for other podcasts that I've recorded, you can definitely go to my website, swimmingforlearning.com. And on the banner, click on the podcast icon. And you can scroll down and see the different subjects I cover. I cover a wide variety of subjects on chemistry, business, equipment, things of that nature. And I'm sure you can find something that interests you with over 600 podcasts that I've recorded. Um, there's got to be something there for you. And again, just go to the website, swimmingprolearning.com, and click on that banner. And if you're in the industry and you want to enhance your business, definitely check out my coaching program at poolguycoaching.com. A lot of great benefits for joining there, including a discount on your general liability insurance. Again, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show.
Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.